receive your word, God. We know you have a word for us this afternoon. We receive it from your Holy Spirit, Lord. Open up the hearts and the minds right now, God. Let them just be open to you, God. We thank you, Father, for your word, and we bless it in Jesus' name, God. Amen. 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 Thank you, David. Amen. How's everyone doing? Blessed? Amen. You ready for 2016? All right. Um, I have a word for you guys today, obviously, uh, about community today. And some of you have heard some stuff already. I want to make some stuff clear and sort of launch us into what next year might look like. Um, obviously, we're always guided by the Holy Spirit. Um, so I want to take you to the book of Acts, where it all started. Book of Acts, chapter 2. We read this in a Bible study we had here at church. And uh, it was a big blessing, that Bible study we got all in a circle here. It was a few of us, and uh, we had some coffee and bread, of course. That's always good. And uh, it was a big blessing, and we learned a lot, and we prayed for each other, and we blessed each other's lives. So we're going to look at that. So when you have Acts chapter 2, let me hear a loud amen, please. Um, We're going to go to verse 42, just towards the end there. Now, as you know... A lot has been happening when we read this passage. They've received the Holy Spirit already at Pentecost. Peter has preached his first sermon. 3,000 souls were added to them that day. Can you imagine preaching a sermon where 3,000 people give their life to Jesus Christ? Isn't that amazing? And it's the first time that Peter preaches. How about that? Peter gets up one day out of nowhere, uh, blessed with the Holy Presence, the Holy Spirit of God, preaches his first sermon and 3,000 people. Amen. Uh, Sometimes we preach sermons and 3,000 people walk away. Amen. But uh, praise the Lord. God is good. He uses us. We're his vessels. um, And uh, we're here to just serve him. And it's a privilege. Amen. So that's what's going on here. And uh, it just kind of gives a description here in verse 42. We're going to read to the end, basically. And it says, And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, in the breaking of bread and in prayers. Then fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. Now all who believed were together and had all things in common, and sold their possessions and goods and divided them among all as anyone had needed. So continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart. Praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. Amen? Praise God. So last year we gave a message about being unwavering. And boy, did God take us through a journey this year. Amen? Um, We saw challenges. We saw obstacles. We saw things that we didn't expect in life where we had to be unwavering. Now, We can't be unwavering by our own strength. The only way we can be unwavering is through God's strength. Amen. He gives us the power. He gives us the authority to have strength, to have the ability to overcome obstacles in life. Amen. How many of you understand that and you know that you're a powerful child of God? Amen. So basically, this year we saw some of that stuff. Some people uh, didn't foresee some challenges, uh, maybe at work, maybe with school, maybe with family. You didn't see some challenges and some obstacles, and you were were able to overcome them through the the power of Christ, essentially. And that's a big blessing to know that 
that even though we all have problems, amen, the world has problems, we have problems, but we have the solution, we have Jesus, we have somewhere we can run to for help, for, for guidance, for, for comfort, and a lot of people don't have that, unfortunately. A lot of people don't have a relationship with God and, and can't go to God and don't know what prayer is and, and don't know what, what putting on some worship in the car and crying your eyes out when you're driving to work and traffic in California, amen, because we have a lot of tra- we have a lot of nice things and a lot of traffic too, amen. And and we're driving and we're worshiping God and we're and we're being blessed. Why? Because we know who we can run to, amen. We know that there's service on Friday night. We know that there's service on Sunday and Bible study on Wednesday. Well, if you didn't know, now you know. Uh, but we know where we can go get fed and where we can go learn and where we can go and grow, amen. And that's what it means to be unwavering. It means to really just surrender your life to Jesus Christ. He's the only one with the power to overcome anything in this life. And when we put our life in in his hands, we become powerful, strong, and unwavering in his hands. And that's the kind of children that God wants. Amen. He doesn't want children that that walk around defeated, that don't know who their father is, that are grumblers and and gossipers and murmurers and, and complainers. And, and warriors, not warriors, warriors. Amen. He wants powerful children of God knowing who they are in Jesus Christ, confident that he's going to do something for them, that he's on their side. If he is for us, who can be against us? What can be against us, the Bible says. Amen. So today we're going to look at community with that attitude, with the kingdom perspective. We're going to look at what community means. There's so many things that we can be a part of. But the best thing to be a part of is the family of Jesus Christ, the body of Christ. Does that make sense to you? You can be a part of so many different groups in this. There's a group for I mean, there's everything has a group. I mean, there's things I didn't even know. There's a, you can be a part of a jump rope group. You can be a part of a Star Wars group. You can be a part of a skateboard. You can be part of a singing group. You can be part of any kind of group in this world. But the one that matters is being part of the body of Jesus Christ. That's the one that matters. Amen? Some of you are still not there, but you will be soon. Praise the Lord. See, this is what happens. Where you belong to is how you behave. Where you belong to is how you behave. If you understand that you belong to Jesus, that you're redeemed, that you're part of the body of Jesus Christ, that he's your father, you're going to behave a little different than the world. So it's important to to us to understand that that we belong to something. See, see the, the, the Christian walk is not to be walked alone. It's not to be walked individually. It's not to say, I don't need church. I'll just stay home. I don't need community. I got my relationship with God at home. That's not how God made it. That is wrong. I'm sorry I have to be the one to wake you up. But the next generation needs to know we need community. It was a part of how the Holy Spirit designed it. It was natural for them. They received the Holy Spirit 
and became a family, became a community. It was natural for them. Nobody told them what to do. No, no leader stood up like me today and said, you need community. They just formed it by how? The Holy Spirit. Now we got to say it and remind ourselves. That's why the Bible was written, amen, so we can read it and look. Oh, look at how they did it. Community is a feeling of fellowship with others because they have common attitudes, interests, and goals. I've said this before. What unites us is stronger than what makes us different. We're all different. We all have different ideas. We have different goals. We have different dreams. We might talk different. Some of us have accents that some of us don't. We're all different in certain ways, but what unites us is greater. And that's what community is. Same attitudes, interests, and goals. What is our goal? Our goal as a community is to see Jesus preached all over this world. To make disciples of all nations, the Bible says. What is our interest? For people to receive the redemption of Jesus Christ. The greatest gift of all. You got, you got some good gifts for Christmas? Oh, well, one person. I got some good stuff. But the best thing that you have ever received and it probably wasn't on Christmas. If it was, then that's cool. Was Jesus Christ. The best thing that has happened to you is Jesus. Come on, tell your neighbor, the best thing that has happened to you is Jesus. Praise God. A community in the kingdom is like a family. It's like a family in the kingdom They drew so close, it was weird. It was weird to see a group of people, they're now selling everything. They're coming together. They're saying, hey, I got got this money. I got this money. And we're all going to eat together. We're all going to pray together. We're all going to break bread together. And they had everything in common, the Bible says. Do you think they actually had everything in common? Everything in common? Two people don't have everything in common. For those of you that are married, you know what I'm talking about. Two people don't have... That would be... I don't want to have everything in common with my wife. That would be like having two Marios at home. That would be weird. Or two Cynthia's, please. That would be weird. What it means is they had everything in common because everything is Jesus. Everything is Jesus. Are you in love with Jesus? Did the person next to you in love with Jesus as well? So then you have everything in common. He might like the Lakers. You might like the Clippers. But Jesus is greater. Especially the Clippers. Just because Dennis is here. In the kingdom, we are all assigned a place. It's so cool. How the Bible describes it. There was the apostles their doctrine and fellowship. We're all assigned a place in the kingdom. We're all, we all can't be moms and dads in the family. We all can't be daughters and sons in the family. There's places for everyone. And everyone shines in their place. Because in the family, in the community, there's no jealousy. There's no envy. There's no competition. Why? Because we have everything in common. What's everything? Jesus. Does one person have more Jesus than you? 
No. No. If you're a child of God, you have the same Jesus that screaming Pastor Mario has. You have the same Jesus. But you have a position to play in the community. Remember, what you belong to is important. Like when you think of what do I belong to? Myself? That's not a good idea. That's not what the Bible describes. I live by the word of God and only by the word of God. My attempt is to live out the word of God. You know the word of God is alive, amen? It's not just words written on a piece of paper, especially mine. I have an iPad. It's not just words that you read. It's alive. It's spirit and it's life, Jesus said. His words are spirit and life. Therefore, we must live by them. So everyone has a position. So how you feel about the community you belong to is very important. How do you feel when you think, I belong to a certain community, the body of Jesus Christ? How do you feel about that? That's very important. We've all been hurt by people. I've been, I'm number one. We've all been hurt. But that doesn't mean that we can't be part of a healthy community. Are you led by the Holy Spirit towards your community or by your emotions? When emotions get in the way, how do you change your outlook? Do you just stop coming to church? I hate everyone. I dislike everyone. They dislike me. But those are emotional things. Don't we all go through that? Even Pastor Mario. You get up sometimes and you're like, man. But, but how do we react to those things? Because, you see, you got to understand. See, Christians don't understand that you're in a battle. You think it's just like morning, night, go to work, do this, get money. It, you're in a battle. You chose a team. Oh, well, they chose you, really. And you said yes, and you responded. So now you're in the war. Now you're part of the team light. Amen? Team darkness is trying to oppress you. Trying to make you feel alone and isolated. The less you are part of a community, the better. This is the job of the team darkness. What God is telling you today, and I hope you get it, is that he wants you to be a part of a community. Look, it doesn't have to be here. It doesn't have to be here. It has to be where God calls you. God has to call you there. And, and you step into the place, and God says, this is your home. Stay here. That's your pastor. And literally, like, a month later, the enemy's like, no, they hate you there. And you're like, yeah, that's true. You don't think the enemy's at work when that happens? You think it's just, like, your ideas, your emotions, that's it? I know I'm talking to some people today. Because you guys ain't talking back to me. What happens? How do you think about community? It's so important. Sometimes you feel unappreciated, right? You feel like, especially if you serve in church, man, I do a lot around here. Nobody says thank you to me. And you're like, you get this attitude, right? But the same thing, think about this. The same thing happens in your home. 
Think about what happens in the family, in, in the house, in, in your earthly family. Think about the things that happen there. Where, where all of a sudden you're like, there's, there's this dysfunction and this, this division and these fights going on at home. Why? Just by coincidence? No, there, there's something at work trying to disturb you. You know that God wants you to feel good in life? I got a, a mug for my brother for Christmas that says, life is good. I can't wait to take it to work and just drink water. I just walk around like, hey, everyone. Even though I may not feel good, feelings or whatever, but life is good because I have Jesus. You know that God wants you to feel good? Is that shocking to you? That shouldn't be shocking to you. God, do you know that God said, receive my peace? Did you know that? That he wants you to live in peace? Amen? So when you're not living in peace in your community, talk to someone. Something's wrong. So they did four things that we're going to go through. Let's read it again in 42. I'm going to say number one. They continue steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. Number one. Number two, and fellowship. Number three, breaking bread. Number four, prayers. Amen? Teaching of the word by leadership, very important. Fellowship or friendships in the spirit, number two. These are things that are part of a community. You got to see these things in community, and you got to participate in them. If you don't see this happening, then maybe God called you to start it. Fellowship or friendships in the spirit, breaking bread, eating together. I could say we do have that here. I'll explain what that means. Prayers, bringing the needs of the community together and all asking God in unity for each other. Amen. Prayer. So the first thing that they're doing is they're steadfastly in the doctrine of the apostles. What does this mean? There's basically mean there's structure in the community. Someone's teaching. And preaching, and someone's learning. When I was driving and meditating on this word this week, God started giving me these illustrations that I felt like I was watching a movie. And I, and I, and I saw how one of the apostles just woke up one day, and God spoke to him. And he, because they didn't have a Bible back then, you understand that, right? They didn't, they didn't have the, like how we have it, like this, you know, the f- entire Bible. They had some Old Testament writings and things, but they didn't really have the, uh, the writings of Jesus that we have. As a matter of fact, John says that if they would have written everything down that Jesus said, that there would be enough books to fill the entire earth. So all they had was the experience they had with Jesus. Now, this is marvelous. You imagine... An, an, an apostle gets up one day and says, hey, do you remember when Jesus said that the kingdom of God was like a pearl that was hidden in a field and that a man bought the entire field to get to the pearl? You remember when he said that? Yeah, I remember. What about it? Well, I think we're the pearl. And I think he bought the entire field just to get to the pearl. That's us. 
you getting me? They're realizing this as they're going, as they're, as, as they're getting it. They're remembering what Jesus taught them. And he's like, you know, I, I remember him saying that, that, that the, the guy bought the entire field just to get to the pearl and that that's the kingdom of God. And the pearl is us. And Jesus bought the entire field with his blood just to get to us. And then Peter, the leader, would say, hey, you should share that tonight. That's a good word. And Thomas, I don't know. And then they would meet. And they would eat. And then, let's just say it was Thomas. Thomas would get up and share the word with 3,000 some people. Hey. I received like this word thing. I don't know if they had names for it yet. This revelation. We have really cool names now. We, we, had it, we have it easy. I received this revelation that we're the pearl and Jesus bought us. That is the kingdom of God. I remember him telling us. Or somebody would go up to Peter and they would say, hey, Peter, I don't know why, but I just have a lot of fear in my life. I feel like, like, like I, I have a fear of death. I can't sleep. I, I, I feel depressed. I feel stressed out. I don't know if they had those words, but I, I, feel, I feel strange. I, I can't sleep. I, I don't feel good. And Peter would say, you know what? That's the devil. He's influencing your mind. I've been through that. I remember one day I was with Jesus, and he told me, get behind me, Satan. Because the enemy was influencing my mind. And he's doing the same with yours. Let's pray. Let's rebuke the devil. And that's community. And they started building it and building it. It was the structure of the apostles teaching and learning themselves as they went along. Did they get things wrong? Yeah, sometimes. At first they were like, not with Paul. Paul, I don't know. Saul, he's a, he's a killer. I don't know. When apostle got up and said, we'll take him. Whatever God has called you to do, you will thrive in. God will open doors. God will, will be fruitful in whatever God has called you in. You will see doors open. It will thrive for you. Everyone is not called to be the apostles. Just like everyone's not called to be the, the helpers, the deacons. We all play our part in the community. Amen. Whatever God has called you to, you will thrive in. So don't go after callings you haven't been called for. Go after what God has called you, and he will confirm it for you. One big sign that you've been called to that place is that your leader will confirm it for you. Let him call you in private. Talk to your leader and let the leader confirm it for you. Jesus confirmed the apostles. The apostles confirmed the deacons. Paul confirmed the pastors. Other apostles confirmed other pastors. Pastors confirmed others. It was confirmation, confirmation. That's, what, that's why you need community. You know, there was, my, my, my dad was telling me when they were in L.A. and at another place that people would drive by with their business cards and say, hey, I'm evangelist so-and-so. And whenever you guys need a pastor or a music, like passing out business cards. I don't think that's very healthy. Promote, promoting 
yourself. Let God promote you. Okay. Structure. They had structure. It said they were steadfastly after the doctrines of the apostles. Structure. Partner up with your leaders in the vision God has given them. If you're part of that community. Amen? If it's, if it's a healthy community. If there's no jealousy, there's no competition, no envy, partner up with your leaders. And that's how the kingdom of God flourishes. It just begins to grow and grow. There's no competition here. I could tell you that right now. There is correction. There is encouragement. There is all of that. But there's no competition. Sometimes other people speak up here. And when I sit there, I don't sit there like, all right, let's see. Okay, that's wrong. That is also wrong. Yeah, that's kind of wrong, so it's still wrong. But there's pastors like that. I humble myself as I sit there. I'm ready to learn. I got my I got my my phone out, writing notes. I write some amazing notes. I use those notes to go build with God some more. Because we're all learning, amen. And no one's greater than the next person. But there's just structure. Structure is not bad. It's actually good. Amen? And then it says that there was fellowship and breaking of bread. But why does it distinguish both? Because, I mean, when you break bread, that's pretty fellowship-y, right? And then there, but there was fellowship and then breaking of bread. I believe that fellowship is spiritual. While breaking bread can have fellowship, fellowship in the spirit is what God wants. Let's turn your Bibles, turn your Bibles to Philippians chapter 2. Say amen when you have it, please. I'll give you the verses right now. Okay, where is it? Philippians 2, 1 through 4. You ready? Therefore, if there is any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, listen, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any affection and mercy, fulfill my joy. This is Paul. Fulfill my joy by being like-minded, having the same love. Being of one accord, of one mind, let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind. Let each esteem others better than himself. Oh boy. Let each of you look out not only for his own interests, but also for the interest of others. Wow. Look out for others. It doesn't mean ignore yourself. It didn't say that. Look out for yourself, but not only yourself. Amen? Paul's joy is any healthy leader's joy for the community to be in one accord, having fellowship of the Holy Spirit, and looking out for each other. Amen? It's not just a job of leaders to look out for everyone. 
It's everyone in the community looking out for each other, esteeming others before themselves, being selfless. Amen? And so Paul's joy is to see them healthily loving each other and esteeming each other. When you are together, what are your conversations about? (laughs) Is it just about the latest movie that just came out? The actors, the music? Is it just about who is bringing God up in your meetings? When you're sitting around the dinner table, when you're having fellowship, what are your conversations about? Hello? It has to be fellowship in the spirit. Do, do you understand what I'm trying to say to you? you who's going to be the one? Does the pastor have to be there to talk about the Bible? Who's going to be the, the difference maker, the game changer that when you're in family, that when you're in your own group at home or, or wherever you are, what are you talking about? Who's bringing God up? Or is it just the the latest hashtag, right? The latest meme, for those of you that know what that is. (coughs) Which I have nothing against. Unless it's weird, I don't want to see it. But no no one's talking about God? No one's talking about, what book are you reading in the Bible this week, this month? Oh, you're not reading the Bible. That's what's up. Let's let's talk about it. (laughs) What happened to Mario? Fellowship in the spirit. Not trying to outdo each other. Who's more spiritual than the next person, right? You ever talk to people like that? You're like talking about what God did with you, and they're like, oh, yeah, well, you know, God did this with me. And you're like, are we fighting right now? Is this Pokemon? No, but God revealed this to me. No, but God revealed this. Can we just, can we talk? Amen? Man, I know. <laughs> Have fellowship in the spirit. Loving each other, blessing each other. Sometimes you might disagree with one another, but... Is that going to like, is that going to divide you? Are you just going to love each other regardless? All right. Let's, let's leave that one there. Cool. Then they also broke bread together. A community breaks bread together. You guys like that? At least say amen to that at least. All right. Three people. This is an intimate moment. Think about this. They could have went anywhere else with their families and said, "Uh, you guys are, we're not going to eat with you today. But every day, the Bible says steadfastly. You know what steadfastly means? It means unwaveringly. It does. I looked it up. It means unwavering. Unwaveringly sat together and ate meals together. That's not easy. Are we getting tacos or pizza? Or pupusas. That sounds good, right, after this? 
What do we get? They had to come together every single time and eat. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Does this sound like family to you? Amen? The intention of the Holy Spirit was to bring community of friends where friends can become family. Under one father in one kingdom. God's intention is displayed here, I believe. Family. That's where we're going next. Community is family in God. Are you part of a family in God? Are you part of that family? Or do you see the bride of Christ? You see the family of God and you're like, ugh. Ugh, I don't like them. That's not healthy. Remember, the church is dysfunctional. You're not going to go to church and find everyone perfection. No, sorry. When we get to heaven, though, you'll feel better. But church on earth with humans, problems. Even at Grace and Love Church. It's a family. You got, you got problems with your family? or uh, Let me see the perfect families. Raise your hand, please. Praise the Lord. You liars and hypocrites who raised your hand. family. Jesus said, you ready? Who is my family? (laughs) Go to Matthew chapter 12. Matthew 12. Let me know when you're there, please. Verse 46. 46 through 50. Time is it? Oh my God, I got no time. All right, 46. You ready? You there? I have to go. While he was still talking to the multitudes, behold, we're still talking about breaking bread and family. His mother and brothers, like his earthly ones, stood outside seeking to speak with him. Then one said to him, look, your mother and your brothers are standing outside seeking to speak with you. But he answered and said to the one who told him, who is my mother? And who are my brothers? And he stretched out his hand toward his disciples and said, Here, let me change it for you. Here is my family. For whoever does the will of my Father in heaven is my family. For whoever does the will of my Father in heaven, that is my family. Those that do the will of Of my Father in heaven. I love what the message version says about this. It says, obedience is thicker than blood. Are you part of God's family? That means that you're obedient to the will of the Father. The disciples of Jesus were there listening to the teaching structure. They would fellowship together, break bread, pray together. They were close to Jesus. His family comes, they're outside, and they stand outside of the multitude. They stand on the outskirts, outside. And they say, can we come in? Can we talk with him? They say, hey, your family's out there. And he says, this is my family. Who? The ones that are close to me doing the will of the Father. When you are family, brothers and sisters, I believe that you are, you are in the inner circle with Jesus. 
So you don't have to stand on the outside with him in community. You belong in the inside because you're family. Amen. But you must continue to do his will. It can't just be the title. Amen. Can't just have the title, I'm, I'm God's child and act like something else. <clears throat> Are you with me? You cannot have two masters in this family. When you think, talk, walk like heaven, you are being a good family member. Amen? Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. Don't go to it. Jesus is called a father. It says he is an everlasting father. When he's here on earth, he is called a son, the son of God. Amen? Jesus learned to be a son here on earth because he was called a father in eternity. We have to learn how to be sons. Obedient. Obedient. Learn how to be sons. See, if there is maybe a father in a church, a leader, right, a father, he might have no earthly children yet. And is maybe younger than you. (laughs) And handsome too. But he's a father. He's preaching. He's he's leading. Why? He's learned how to be a son. You know how hard it was for me to learn how to be a son? It wasn't overnight. Because I didn't have like a close. My biological father passed away when I was two and a half years old. I didn't have a close connection with a father figure. So when I, when I started practicing that God was my father, it was tough. I couldn't see myself as a son with him. I only saw myself as friend and servant and slave maybe. But son, that was difficult. But when I learned to be a son of my father, He started teaching me how to father. And in community, in community, we need to learn how to be sons and daughters. So that one day, we can learn how to be fathers and mothers. Where is the church going in the next generation? You, some of you here are going to lead us. Some of you here will be preaching in the next few years, and you will be leading the next generation. But will you do it in community? Will you do it as a father, as a mother? The revelation of grace is that, becoming sons and daughters, in the hands of a father in heaven, by the works, by the work of the son on earth, and the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. Obedience, brothers and sisters, is thicker than blood. So I'm going to ask you a question. I want you to close your eyes. I'm not done yet, but I just want you to close your eyes for me. I want you to analyze your heart. Are you being obedient to the Father? What is obedience? Obedience is saying yes to his call to be a son. 
You are part of a family greater than any group you can be a part of. Be obedient to his call. All right, open your eyes. Then the community, okay, we saw that there was structure, there was doctrine from the apostles, there was fellowship of the spirit. We just saw breaking bread, which is basically being a family, and we talked about family. The next thing it was, they prayed. They prayed together. We pray as a church. We will continue to pray as a church. We will have prayer meetings. We will be intentional about prayer in 2016. But will you be intentional with prayer at home? We need a praying generation. Today we have a generation that's a trendy, trendy go-to-church generation. Let me check off my list that I went to church generation. Being guided by the fact that these famous people are giving their life to Christ, which is awesome. But they're babies in Christ. You can't be led by that. Need to be led by fathers and mothers of the community. And we must pray. Let me say it like this. We must pray for her, for, for the church, for the bride of Jesus. Pray for her. Don't just judge her and talk about her. I, I have. I'll be the first one. God spoke to me about this. I've been the first one to bash the church. But he loves her like furiously loves her. Don't judge her and talk bad about her. Pray for her. Pray for me too. But we don't pray as often as we should. The Bible says that they steadfastly in prayer. They were in prayer. They were intentional about prayer. They were looking for things to pray about. What do we pray for next? What do we need? You know, I, I used to talk to my friend Kyle's dad. His name, I forget his name now. Dwight, thank you. Dwight Rogers. And he taught me something very awesome. He's been in ministry for 20-some years. 30, actually. He's like, pray about everything. You have a vision? Pray about it. You have a decision? Pray about it. You want to know, you know, what time this? Pray about it. After you preach your sermon, Pray that people get it. Pray, pray, pray. You got to like praying. You're a child of God. And we're going to watch this movie called War Room. Has anybody seen it? Nobody has seen it? Good. Oh, you've seen it? Good. I'm glad not a lot of people have, have seen it. We're going to watch it here. Man. Prayer. How do you treat the community you're a part of? By the way, you cannot be part of a community at home or online. You got to be part of the community physically. There's this, there's this guy on, on, on Saturday Night Live. He's, he's, he's doing like a Dominican impression. And he's like, you want to meet more people? He has a website. You guys ready for the website to meet more people? You guys ready? Go outside. (laughs) 
can't have community. I understand if you work, if, you know, things like that, of course. But do whatever you can. Pray to God. Do whatever you can to be part of a community physically. You have to ask God if he called you to a certain community. Even if you don't like it. Be responsible to where God has called you to. Don't look at other fires too intensely. God wants to start a fire here with you. Don't be a community hopper. Jumping around every community. Be planted. God likes stability. You didn't see the 12 apostles? I'm out of here. (laughs) Now, there was 70 at one point. And when Jesus said, hey, you guys got to eat my flesh and drink my blood, all of them left. And Jesus turned to the 12 and said, are you guys leaving too? And and Peter was like, no, no. Where will we go, Lord? You have the words of life. No hopping. Get planted. Start growing with the community God has called. Even, you know, you're like, I don't know. Like, but if God has called you, go. You, you might be the one to bring change. We might need you. It might like, whoa. We needed that. All right, well. Pray for your community. Pray for your leaders. I said this. Don't talk bad about her. Don't gossip about her. Don't murmur about her. Bless her. Bless your community. Anyone can go to church, y'all. I mean, literally anyone can go to church. Praise the Lord for that. But it takes a little bit of a step of faith and maturity to be part of a community. I know. Because community, when you're confronted with community, it confronts everything inside you. Like, When you plug yourself in and you start, like, serving, you start, everything starts to come out. If you're impatient, it's going to come out. If you, uh, whatever, just leave it at that. It just starts to come out and come out. It will be bumpy. You will bump into others, but that will help you grow. You want more patience. You're praying, God, give me more patience. And then when things get tough and you need to practice your patience, that, that's when the God is saying, go, practice it. And you can't practice patience at home just by yourself. Too easy. I don't know why I'm talking about patience, but we'll finish with Colossians chapter 3. If you can go there, please. Colossians chapter 3. The kingdom chapter that I preached about at the retreat, which we will be talking about this year. We'll be doing some things with this chapter of the Bible. But chapter 3, verse 16. I gave, I gave a word to, I don't know how many people at the retreat. Somebody got this, this verse. I don't remember, but just everyone, I want you to just pay attention to this because this is really cool. It says, let the word, verse 16, chapter 3, verse 16, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom. 
Okay, there is a sermon on its own. Let the word of Christ dwell in you. Word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom. Look at, listen to this. Teaching and admonishing one another. In psalms and hymns, spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. You see what community looks like? It looks like we're teaching and admonishing. In other words, we're, we're learning from one another and we're urging. That's what admonishing means. We're, at, we're advising. We're counseling each other to what? To grow, to move forward. And how are we doing it? We're doing it with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. With God's words. Blessing each other. With what God is saying in a way that is loving, encouraging, and it's a blessing and edifying. And then it says, sing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Together. As one body. Amen. With a sense of what he has done for us. What is singing with grace? Singing with grace is singing with knowing what God has done for me. He's forgiven me. He's cleansed me. He's made me right with him through his sacrifice. I'm singing with grace in my heart. That we're all children, that we're all one family, and we're all worshiping together. You were meant to be in community. You were meant to have relationships, to grow, to be held accountable, and to trust. How do you see your community? How do you grow in community? Are you being led in your community by leadership? Are you having fellowship? Are you breaking bread? Are you praying? Are you being obedient to Jesus? We will answer these questions in so many this year. You will be challenged this year. Yeah, you will. So will I. But we will grow. We will persevere once again. Get ready to expand. Get ready to grow. Um, as I was, I'll, I'll end with this. Look, I'll, I'll turn it off. <coughs> as I meditated on this this week and I thought, man, I hope that certain people go to this service because this word, they need to hear it. Because there's people in here that have been hurt by community. You've been hurt by community. You've been hurt by the family of Jesus Christ. I'd like to say I'm sorry on behalf of us. Sincerely, I would like to say I'm sorry. And I want you to receive a heart that belongs to the family of Jesus Christ today. Because where you belong to, it, it will impact so many things in life. Your behavior, how you think about things. So where you belong to really matters. Amen? All right, let's pray. Let's thank God for community. Let's thank God for his word. Amen? I know there were some rough patches in there, but we got through it. Amen? <laughs> Praise God. Now, I'm going to be direct. I'm going to be uh, honest. Honesty is so important when you speak it with love, of course. Some people are honest, but they're brutal. The Bible says, speak the truth with love. I'm going to be honest with you. If God has called you, 
No, I'm not saying if. Since God has called you to community, I want you to prepare your heart to be challenged this year. I believe the Holy Spirit is going to begin to speak to each and every single one of you about everything that we've talked about today. I would urge you to listen to the podcast when it comes out just to refresh. Close your eyes. You still have them open. God is challenging some of you to really, really plug yourself into a community, into a church community. To really give your time to really serve the Lord. He's calling you out. Calling you closer. You are part of a bigger family, of course. You are part of the body of Jesus Christ. But he wants you to understand and learn that you are part of a community, that he's calling you to be a part of a family in God. Get planted somewhere and grow. Don't let the years pass by. Go to Bible study. Go to services. It's for your growth. It's for you. This world has so many things that's wrong with it. So many things to offer. But if you don't look at things from a kingdom perspective there's always going to be trouble there's always going to be obstacles there's always going to be situations but when you have a kingdom perspective you will see things from God's eyes not your own will see things how he sees them he's not worried he's not scared he's not doubtful he's so confident so sure so safe he knows exactly what's going on in this world and he has a plan for it and the plan is for everyone to be part of this community, this family called the body of Jesus Christ, his church. That's his plan. He said, go and make disciples. Bring the change through the gospel. And if you're part of that community, if you're feeling that call, I want you to stand up on your feet. You're feeling a call today to be part of that community, of that body, of that family. I want you to get up on your feet.
Don't stand on the outskirts. Don't be on the outside. Like the family of Jesus, the earthly family, came, they stood outside and said, can we come in? No, no, no. The family of Jesus can come in. You are in the inner circle with Jesus. So you're feeling that call. I want you to lift your right hand. And I'm going to pray for you. Father in heaven, you see these hands all across this room. Father, you know all of their hearts. You know who they are. You know, God. There's leaders in here. There's beautiful men and women of God in this place. There's sons and daughters and fathers and mothers in this house, God, that you have called. And now you're calling them strongly to be a part of the community, Lord, that you set on this earth, God. The enemy has gotten in the way. People have gotten in the way, God. But you are still with them, and you are calling them to be a part of your body. We belong. Say it with me. We belong to you. I belong to you. I belong to you. Yo pertenezco a ti, Señor. I belong to you, Jesus. I belong to you, God. I belong. Oh, yeah. 